This is the 104th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernard. With me is my co-host Robin Svensson. We still have Christopher Wikström out for another week due to studies. Extra warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the Top Decked app. This week, me and Robin are going to give you listeners the rundown of, I think, our combined worst LGS Thursday evening run ever. Is that so? Yes. Yes. We both performed abysmally bad last week. So why not just get into that, Robin? <laughs> Absolutely. You played Dark Faden uh, as you do these days. I played Reanimator. Round one, what happened? Well, you know, some days are not just your day. And I must say, I played miserably, miserably all, all night long. I cannot blame the deck. I can only blame myself. I was up against Cradle Control in my first matchup. And uh, this matchup is a little bit tricky, I must say, because I don't run a lot of sweepers. I don't run a lot of one-mana removal. Everything is quite clunky in this deck. I think I just have the wrong mindset. Because when I usually play a tempo deck or a control deck, you just want to remove all the little things so that they don't advance too quickly. And then you sort of have a sweep or you have something as a haymaker in the in the late game. But in this matchup, I think I keep a reasonable hand in game one. I have a removal on two. I have, I think it's a deck fade and on turn three, and then a mean scan boo on turn four. So I can do a well, decent, decent curve. It's a decent sure. curve. Sounds like the things you want to be doing. Exactly. Except that the problem is that I cannot beat a creator hoof behemoth <laughs> in like the same speed that I'm playing. I think that I kill, I kill a reclaimer with my removal because like I'm afraid of that card. No, sure. Seems like a good target. It fetches their uh, cradle and and then they're on to like too much mana. But I I think like the way I need to play it out is not to care about their mana because they will have a lot of mana. They have mana dorks, they have a lot of lands and they have cradle and I I won't be able to fight them on that axis. I should probably just deal with some of the threats that are most threatening to me and that is Bowmaster and that is the Nightmare itself that uh, fetches up all the dudes because once that thing is in play it doesn't matter if I keep Force of Will for Natural Order. They will just grab it. So I lose the first game to a Crater Hoof. And then uh, in my second game, I'm on the play. I start with a land. And they play a land and green sun for a Dryad Arbor. And I have a Orcish Bowmaster in my hand. So I think this is the greatest target for my Orcish Bowmaster. So I play it to kill their, their Dryad Arbor. And I think this is, again, a fallacy. <laughs> I should not do that. Right, right. They untap and they play their own Bowmaster to kill my Bowmaster. And now all my cantrips and deck fade and activations and all of that is just super punished. Yeah, I mean, I never resolved the Bowmaster myself, but I understand the theory to be that the person who plays their first Bowmaster is usually played to lose the Bowmaster interactions. 
isn't this so? Exactly. I mean, that's that's how I think it is. And Bone Master is such a potent removal in this matchup. It kills their Bone Master. It kills the Shepherd, which makes their spells uncounterable and all of that. In the early game, it also kills like the Nightmare if it's a 1-1. So I was just too hasty on that, I think. And I got yep, super yep. punished because I had I had a hand with a lot of cantrips. So I ended up at three mana at some point playing a dress down to make his Bone Master not matter so that I could play a brainstorm <laughs> to, to fix the hand. Wow, that's not what you want to be using your dress downs for in this matchup. No, because it's super great in response to a crater hoof coming down, for instance. So yep. Uh, it, yep. it was just it was just bad. So I lost zero and two, uh, but I think I learned something about how to approach this matchup. Also made this horrendous mistake by playing a Boseju to kill their their cradle <laughs> ramping them with another mana so <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you have to realize which card matters and which card that you have to remove mm-hmm, and i mm-hmm. don't think I, I don't think i can fight them on that axis quick loss there against cradle control and i think i've only lost to that deck with punishing deck so i need to do some work with my heuristics and strategy there i think so how was your first game first match my first match was identical to my first match of the week before where i met a good pilot of the blue black scam deck oh (laughs) same guy (laughs) same round it was like oh no okay oh well in the first game i i I get a good start i'm on the play i get to do some discard pretty much pick my opponent's hand apart and i'm basically waiting to draw something but I proceed to just draw nothing. Like no entombs, no faceless lootings. Nothing useful really happens. And in the end, my opponent can just turn the tables because they get to cantrip, they get to draw more cards. And, and they they have so many live draws against my deck anyway that if I sort of just sit there for... I think I sat there doing nothing for like three turns. It's just not going to happen. My opponent was a bit... <laughs> had, had, had some sympathies for sort of how my deck was repaying my my pretty good start with sort of not not following that up with something useful so lost the first game and in the second game i mentioned last week i was sort of wanting to sort of do the show and tell cyborg plan against this deck and i do this in game two as well but as some listeners probably realized already then and uh, what i've been sort of realizing now is that well there is a downside to this because this is a grief reanimate deck Mm. of course they only have four copies of reanimate uh, vis-a-vis the 12 that i play so it's not something that's gonna sort of automatically happen but i did stumble on the mana as well here i did have a show and tell hand for you know four turns not getting that third mana going to cost show and tell and by the time i sort of assembled my third mana my opponent had already basically won the game by stomping me over so i lost o2 we did play in a third unboarded match because we sort of were done so quite quickly and uh, that game i won the on the play game one i feel i'm sort of getting there to make it winnable which of course with black red reanimate that you want to make virtually every matchup really winnable in the first game because otherwise you're never gonna have a chance to fight through all the hate in two games because you would be on the draw for the last one. At least this one I felt sort of, when the, doc, the, when the deck cooperated a little bit more, I felt a little bit safer. So O2, but with some lessons as well. So how about round two? What happened? 
So in round two, I'm up against Sphere Lands. This is a little bit of the same story, I think. I have a decent hand. He starts with turn two Sphere, I think, which I used Bosejo on to get rid of. And then we go toe-to-toe for a while. He draws a lot of Ursa Saga and make constructs with them. But I can sort of keep up with Ursa Saga by like stealing them with deck and a little bit of removal at, at the right time. But eventually they start to amass too many constructs. And then I have this really cute play where I I flash in my, my second Orcish Bowmaster. And then sort of fetch a land so that I make sure that I have seven cards in my graveyard. And then in instant speed, I can activate Cephalid Coliseum, targeting them to <laughs> make them draw six cards. <laughs> <laughs> no, draw, draw three cards, but the double Bowmasters deal six damage. So that kills one construct and gives me a, quite a fat orc army which uh, for a while goes toe to toe with their construct but i play two dress downs in the main deck and i have a lot of digging power but i don't find them Mm, and eventually these constructs they amass to be too many and too big and like at the point where the game is already lost i think also merit lage joins the threat on their side so i lose that one but i feel like it's within my grasp a little bit of misfortunes that I didn't get the right kind of removal. Had I gotten the dress down, maybe the orc army could have finished it up. But I guess they also have like Maze of It and they have a lot of ways to deal with it. I would have to basically point all my trophies at lands to get rid of like Caracas for my threats and Maze for my orc army and all of that. So it's a lot of moving pieces that need to go together to, to win against lands, I feel like. And then in the second game, I just never get to take off because he is on a lone wasteland plan and i play only non-basics whoops at some point i use a force of vigor to kill one of his mocks in the hope because i see where this is going and the hope is that he doesn't have a green mana source for the loam but of course he does the narrative voice of course he had of course he has and uh, he also has another mox and i just like kind of waste that force of vigor on just one target ah that's so mox so yeah a little bit unlucky but i think i see the writing on the wall there i cannot beat uh, recurring wasteland no that sounds tough for you that's just too tough i mean i can probably keep up with it for a while if i have just a few lands in play and he doesn't have exploration so that he also builds his board at the same time but as it is so early in the game with the mocks to speed it up i'm just out of it so uh, quick zero two against fair lands there and uh, your second match how was that well my second match was the mirror which I haven't played in quite some time. It was interesting. One could argue that the mirror is very much up to winning the die roll. Mm-hmm. And after playing the first two games, it feels a bit true. I win the die roll and my opponent mulligans a six and I get to reanimate Grizzlebrand, discard them and see that they have Badlands, two copies of Animate Dead, two copies of Arkham Cruelty and the copy of Grizzlebrand. So they essentially need some way to sort of put these people in the graveyard and the draw land so i'm feeling rather confident and i reanimated my grizzled run with a shallow grave meaning mm. that i get to hit right away so i draw 21 cards in my do. first run but i find zero lotus petals <laughs> so i have a hand with like three dark rituals and sort of 
you know, three griefs, two unmasks, six lands, like everything basically reanimates and, and animated and whatnot. But I can't do anything except cast these free discard spells because I don't have any mana. Mm. So I need to. So I've, of course I discard my opponent's animateds, and then I realize I'm going to have to discard their big creatures as well because. They can top deck or reanimate. Like it's in the cards, sort of not not pun intended for them to do that. And then of course I want to avoid keeping big creatures in the graveyard. But since I've drawn so many cards, I'm going to have to discard cards, and some of them are going to be big creatures. Mm. Sort of however I slice this. So <laughs> I, I proceed to just discard them as well, making them almost hellbent on turn one. And they proceed not to top deck or reanimate, so I win pretty handily. In game two, they do the same to me, essentially. Mm. They get Gristlebrand, they discard me three times, I have nothing. I, I take my first turn, but th- there is nothing there, so I just scoop. And in game three, because, I mean, in my sideboard, I play the full four Dalthy Voidwalkers, which are obviously interesting in this matchup. And I keep a hand which is land, dark ritual, Dalthy Voidwalker, and tomb, and tomb, and tomb. <laughs> Triple and tomb. So I go to... No, I have two lands, I have two lands. Sorry, two lands, seven cards. So I do land, dark ritual, Dorothy Voidwalker. And my opponent's like, hmm, sure, that's uh, that's that's tough, but, uh, you know, let's go. And they go land Thoughtseize. And I only have a land and three copies of Entomb in my hand, so they have to sort of waste their Thoughtseize on the Entomb. I proceed to top deck a second Voidwalker that I can play at my second land. Which is of course a heavy beating because my my opponent has to do this. Sh- <laughs> they have to do the reanimation plan through double void walkers. Essentially, mm. they need to discard me yeah. in order to reanimate something for me. But since I kept a hand with no big creatures, very intentionally, their prospects aren't looking good. So they sort of proceed to basically just pass the turn back to my double void walkers, mm. and then on my third turn, I of course top deck a reanimate. So I can play and tomb reanimate on a gristle brand. Nice, pretty lucky. But also, I had a setup for it, and uh, of course, uh, the game is over there. So two one in the mirror. I got a bit lucky, but I also think I um, I made good use of that luck in this game. But yeah. it's 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 really a mind game matchup. Like which what what do you want your hand to look like? And being on the play with a good hand uh, is of course immensely important. And if you're on the play with a bad hand, that's also sort of not gonna feel great but one-on-one So I'm zero two and faced two pretty hard matchups, and this time I'm up against Smog Combo. Oh wow, that was uh, a hot minute ago. Yeah, and this is not even like the turbo version with spirit guides and like fast tutor effects and all of that stuff. It's it's a it's a mid range deck with a Smog Combo win. I think this should be a decent matchup because I basically only need to remove. There's their like apprentice or counter the smog when it's on the stack. Should be possible with like 10 something removal and 6 something counters. 
I, I suppose. But I play a little bit uncarefully and tap out at the wrong time. I also don't really, I'm not really sure what he's on because I expect him to be on some sort of scam deck or something similar. So I, I do the waiting game with my, uh, with my bowmaster trying to get him to play his bowmaster. So I can bowmaster his bowmaster. <laughs> when he doesn't do that, he plays an Uro instead, ramps him a little bit. I like have to like reset the brain. This is something else that I'm expecting. And then I tap out and then he just goes off unprotected, discards his whole hand. And like I'm like, ah, oh, I don't wow. have force for this. Very annoying. <laughs> then I think I board quite badly. I get a little bit too too distracted by like the Uro resolving, and I think that he is on maybe too much a mid range plan. So I think I remove some of the counters and uh, well, don't don't really respect anything that he's doing. And I also stumble a little bit of mana. So at some point again, I tap out, and he can just go off. I, I play badly. I, I think I can just wait and hold up removal infinitely. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say it sounds sounds impatient of you. Yes, and when I have like six lands in play, I can play a Minskin Boo or something like that. I mean, yeah, that, yep. that's how I could do it. Playing badly gives you losses, so two losses against Smog Combo. That's legacy for you as well, right? Tier 2 decks, if you play badly against them, they're just gonna eat you alive. Absolutely, that's what they are for. <laughs> no, true, true. So what about your third round? Well, my third round, I sit down and I, I mulligan my first hand I'm going to play. And I get this six, which has the Dark Ritual and Tomb Exhume, but also a second reanimation spell. So I'm thinking, this is worth going in the blind for, because I have no discard, but sort of going to five isn't going to get me a better hand than this, or the, the chances are quite small at least. So I go for it, and my opponent has no Force of Will, so Force of Negation, or things like that. So I draw seven, proceed to unmask them, and they scoop. Mm. So I don't know what they're on, which is, of course, the correct move. So I sort of sideboard a bit like, yeah, some of these cards, perhaps. <laughs> I'm thinking they're probably on a ley line plan since they did not keep a force of will hand. I sort of prepare a bit for that. And mm. in game two, I keep, you know, an okay hand. My opponent mulligans, and they then they go City of Traitors, Petal, Lion's Eye Diamond, Whoa. Grindstone Painter. Activate. Activate. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm like, sick. okay, yeah, that, that's that's pretty good. That's better than Leila. Yes, I'm like, okay, okay, game three, game three. <laughs> I keep a good seven in game three uh, that has virtually the same thing, but it has, instead of double reanimation spells, I have discard. So there's discard and there is land, petal, opportunities for turn one. And the discard is free, so it's an unmask. So I, I play my land and petal. Oh, my, my opponent then, of course, proceeds to pregame double ley line. I'm like, okay. <laughs> there you so go. I look at their hand, and they have fetch, fetch, saga, saga, welder. So I take the welder. I have show and tell and arcanum cruelty in my hand. No more than sort of no more lands or petals, but I have them. So I'm like, well, this this gives me some time. I'm just gonna find my third mana source and then play show and tell. 
Thing is, I never find my third mana source. <laughs> oh, no. So my opponent gets to sort of make a construct and make another construct and make another construct and they get to find soul guide lanterns and cards that basically don't really do anything since I have their double Layla anyway. But mm. I have to eventually reanimate their welder just to shump. <laughs> but like, that doesn't really get me anywhere. Mm. I, I keep a hand that I think is sort of, it's it's a winnable hand, but I have to, you know, pull a mana source out of my ass somehow mm. for dark rituals and some lands and, and petals and stuff but doesn't happen and that's sort of that happens sometimes but i think i got a bit unlucky the show and tell plan early is, is pretty good in that matchup at least should be because there isn't any there are few ways for them to stop that so um but it's it's magic and i'm at one and two after yeah. meeting and, and this turned out by the way to be not only a painter deck it was like a painter bomberman combo deck it was all the angles <laughs> and their game two win is just beautiful so you know i'm gonna take that home as a story definitely which brings us to round four yeah what happened there robin speaking of story and grandkids and ley lines like after that games against smog combo they were over pretty fast a buddy of mine is on a mono black control deck you know, the one with Besiege the Mirror and a lot of goody creatures. Lovely, lovely, lovely deck. And also, of course, Ley Lines and the Helm to search for. We play a, a bunch of casual games because he's on the buy. And I'm super... I'm sure that I'm going to get the buy because I am 0-3. <laughs> and if somebody's getting the buy, it's probably me. So I think this is the, my only chance to get some games of magic in before I have to go home. But lo and behold, someone drops from the tournament and I'm paired against the same guy that I've been playing casual against. <laughs> so we're like, all right, let's uh, shuffle up and play another game. So it's me against uh, Mono Black. The first game is, is very fun because I don't think I have ever and will never win a game with a punishing deck like this again. He's on a, a graveyard hate plan, of course, and my deck is quite graveyard dependent. So at some sure, point... Sure. At some point, with my dear uh, Liquid Mental Torque out, I steal his ley line to just <laughs> remove it from, from, from targeting <laughs> me. I need to enable my graveyard shenanigans. <laughs> of course, of course. Of course. So later on, Dak dies, and a lot of other things happen. One of those things is that he is a Doughty Voidwalker and goes for his helm combo. But I have removal in hand and kill his doughty in response to the helm activation. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's not the creature, so he doesn't get it, and the helm is still on the battlefield. <laughs> and on my following turn, I draw a ponder, I play my ponder, and I find another Dakfaden. I steal his helm <laughs> <laughs> and use it to kill him with the ley line that I've also stolen earlier. <laughs> oh my god. This is truly the... I mean, last Last episode, we talked about Liquid Metal Torque as a true spice card because <laughs> it, it forwards your existing game plan. Yeah. <laughs> but I would never imagine to have a story where it does it in this fashion, where you steal both the ley line and the helm. Yeah, yeah it's so funny. It, oh, was, that's, that's it was a glorious win. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that, that combo is so, so fun. Then in the second game, he plays Shieldred. 
and I don't have removal for it. And oh my god, that card kills so damn quick when you're a card when you're a deck that tries to like draw a lot of cards, deck fadens and brainstorms and all of that. So I super die to to shieldred shenanigans. <laughs> Brainstorm just... takes six. Yeah, and and like I also have to dig out of it because if I don't do anything, he just wins, right? That's oh, how wow. the card works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gets me. And uh, then we actually don't get to finish the third game. It's super grindy. And, uh, I'm sitting next to you for this one. And uh, I, I play so... I, I keep on playing badly this whole day. And I have this opportunity where I can play dress down just to get Uro into play, to get beater as fast as possible. But I like don't see that line at that point and instead play Uro to the grave so that I can play it next turn. And that I lose one entire turn on that. And I think that that turn is like all I needed to just close that game out because I think in my final turn I can swing with Uro, fling it with Minsk and Boo, and he's at like one or two. So like just a few more ship damage would have would have done it there. But cannot finish it in time, and that's how magic works. You have to get over the finish line and have the clock in mind. If, if you need to race, you need to race and do it quickly. I didn't do that, so shame on me. In this third game, in this third game, I loved your 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 double exile zones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> one for Leyline and one for Dalthy, and they were both like 20 cards. <laughs> yeah, the, the game was super grindy and went so long. Your opponent is like, well, my game plan is to deck you. <laughs> yeah, it would have happened eventually. Yeah, I can assure that. that. Yeah, Glorious, glorious yeah. magic. And uh, how was your fourth round? Was it similarly glorious? Not similar, not as glorious. Uh, I sat down against uh, Jeskai Days on doing Narset thingy. In game one, I get to do Grizzlebrand things. Just sort of my opponent scoops. My opponent even scooped before I actually <laughs> reanimated the Grizzlebrand. I only got as far as to cast and tomb mm-hmm. <laughs> after um, discarding him. <laughs> they're like i had enough and i had actually i had the you know exhume you know in hand but that's very premature to scoop before the reanimation spell is even on the stack right yeah but you know it's the last last match of the evening and uh yeah, people just want to go home <laughs> i guess i had that very confident look that i i guess get on my face these days when i have that sort of glorious turn one play going on right so in game two i get my opponent down to pretty low life totals, but I get sort of buried underneath Narset, Teferi, and fourth Eolingas in the end. Mm. It's difficult for my deck to make a comeback when they have resolved a couple of planeswalkers, let's just say. Yeah. Because I sort of I, I have a life total super advantage when I get to sort of discard them and see that I have no chance of winning this game. Mm. So I I leave the game and go to game number three. In which I sort of my deck I mulligan and I don't really draw any good cards in any good sequences. I draw the lands sort of first and then I draw my spells. So my opponent has time to assemble Narset, Teferi, and Jackal Pup. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> Narset, Teferi, and the dog planeswalker, whatever he's called. All oh, right, Comet, Comet, Comet. Uh, Stellar Pup. Stellar pup. They start rolling the dice, and I see the writing on the wall. I think this is this is a winnable matchup for sure. But my deck just didn't really come together at all, and um, I lose one two for a record of one and three this week again. So that felt pretty bad, but I feel pretty happy as well because you know 
I learned stuff again. I'm going to play the scam matchup differently. I know what to do in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> and so on. Also, I learned to, they have this, I mean, uh, as we have, you know, boasted before our LGS alpha spell, it's, uh, they have a full bar and you can sort of, you know, drink your nice beverages while you play and they carry a selection of star wars beers mm. that sort of you suspect them to sort of i mean these probably look better than they taste probably because it's <laughs> sort of as any star wars merchandise it doesn't really hold up to scratch <laughs> and the can looked so nice like the artwork the lovely little quotes uh, all over about things super fun the session ipa very lackluster mm. to be honest brewed for the european market in the netherlands and not something I recommend anyone to sort of check out, given the plethora of good brews out there. But still, I had a Star Wars beer. Why not, eh? And I mean, you shouldn't be too sad about 1-3. It's, it's better than 0-3-1, <laughs> was my result. And that is all we have for this week. We are soon hitting the Swedish Nationals in Legacy 4th November in Borås. Yes. Be there if you can and are in the vicinity. It's going to be a great, great event. If you're going, you can hit us up in the Discord and let us know. So we're trying to organize some kind of get-together for people who want to. Probably on the after the tournament on Saturday evening would probably be the easiest one. You can find a link to our Discord in this episode episode description and that is the end of the 104th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you Robinson Sien. If you want to hook us up on social media you can do so. We're still on X at STHDM Legacy. Where can our listeners talk to you Robin? You can find me on the platform formerly known as Twitter. I am Jacka underscore Bo. And I am Disco Drogo and that concludes the 104th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you, Robinson Sian. Thank you for listening to this program all the way to this end. Our music has been composed by the fantastic Frönes. If you want more of their stuff, you can find that on Spotify. And until next episode, take heart and do not give up out there.